Our opening words this morning are from Felix Adler from his New Year's address of 1897. (laughs) Felix Adler and the Hulk both share a lot of wisdom for us. This morning it will be Felix Adler. New Year's is the season for each individual to review the past and look forward to the future. The greatest achievements are dwarfed by the crowning heights of objects not accomplished. Unless our aims in life are defined, we cannot achieve success. Planfulness is the beginning of ethical culture. If we do not plan, we drift and those that drift are naturally the creatures of circumstance. Renounce the attractive things you would like to do in order to do well what you decide you can do. Reflect how sometimes in the stillness of the night we are strangely affected by the tolling of a bell in a neighboring town sounding the hours. It warns us that time is fleeting. What progress are we making? How far have we got? What are we planning? In still more impressive manner does the toll of the clock on New Year's Eve convey the same thought. We must renew our time, it says, that we may go constantly forward. I'm afraid that I am one of those people who is contributing to the decline of the printed paper. I do still love to sit around and hold the real thing in my hands, and we do get the post delivered, although my husband sweeps it up on his way to work, so I rarely get to see it in hard copy. But it's all right, because the truth is, I like the electronic version even better. I like being able to see more pictures, sometimes accompanied by audio. I like the ability to flip easily between sections of the paper. And I like the most emailed feature that lets you know what articles people are reading right now, what's capturing the interest of online readers. Second, on the New York Times list of the most emailed articles recently was one that caught my attention. For good self-control, it was titled, Try Getting Religious About It. It was about resolutions, of course, a topic of so many articles this time of the year. But this particular article, written by John Tierney, was focused on the work of Dr. Michael McCullough, who has co-authored a study on self-control and found that effective self-control is strongly tied to what he calls religious belief and piety. My interest, to say the least, was piqued. The gist of the article was that people with strong religious involvement seem to be better able to resist temptation and maintain a life consistent with their ideals. McCullough, who the article notes is not himself religious, he says that he's in favor of it professionally but not personally. McCullough found the association to be not necessarily about beliefs, but about practice. 
As other studies have found, the part of the brain that is activated during prayer or meditation is the same area responsible for, as McCullough states, self-regulation and control of attention and emotion. McCullough goes on to suggest that those who are not religious might find the same benefits by linking their New Year's resolutions to the values they hold most deeply. It was an interesting enough article. I thought to myself that there was surely something there for the New Year's platform I was working on. The article didn't seem particularly inflammatory or surprising to me, but I was glad to have found it. Then I got to the comments section. This is another neat feature of the online edition of newspapers, the opportunity for readers to comment on the article, in this case to answer some questions posed by the study's author and to have a bit of back and forth with each other about their reactions to what they've read. I have to admit that I didn't make it through the full eight pages of commentary, but I read enough to get the idea. The comments included affirmations that self-control was impossible without religious justification, questions about the causality suggested by the study, wondering if instead people with strong self-control are simply more attracted to religious behavior, some very pointed comments about religious folks who seem to have missed the self-control bandwagon, Shared experiences of linking resolutions with higher values, whether religious or not. And at least one shout out to Unitarian Universalism and another to ethical culture. And that one was linked to a website. Good job. (laughs) About halfway through the comments, I realized that this article was really leading me to some thinking about actually next week's platform. (laughs) What makes us good when we'll have a chance to consider the foundations of human morality? And its value, I thought, for this platform was limited. Because the truth is that while we're celebrating the new year today, and while I'm continuing our tradition here of pausing to reflect at this moment, I don't really think we're making resolutions this morning. From what I understand about Wes's tradition, And from what I believe to be important, our time together this morning isn't about building up self-control or promising to eat less chocolate or even hoping to be better people, whatever that means. Save that for next week. (laughs) This week, I want to invite you to set aside the shoulds and the shouldn'ts. I want to invite you to think a little more broadly than that. Mary shared this morning the heartbreaking news that we are losing our dear Mel. The sense of loss that this brings with it feels very present to me, as I know it does for many of you. We as a community have felt a great deal of loss in the last 12 months, even as we have celebrated joys and triumphs. I know we carry all of this in our hearts this morning. All of the people we have grieved over and will grieve over. All of the babies we have welcomed and will welcome. All of the people who weave in and out of our lives. 
In a moment, I'm going to ask you to write on some cards you were handed this morning as you came in. And so I want to take care of the housekeeping part. Does everybody have two cards? And if not, raise your hand and the ushers will bring them to you. Well, so <laughs> we didn't really get those cards out so much this morning. People have, one is okay, one is okay, and you can use the back. One's fine. If you have no cards, raise your hand. Find a pen while you're at it. Ask your neighbor if you don't have one. Someone with a big purse, everybody has pens. Okay, we, we've got the cards now pretty well figured out, so I'm going to ask you to return to this space mentally and emotionally. <laughs> I said a moment ago that we, we aren't making resolutions here. We aren't talking about what we should or shouldn't do this year. This is a chance for us to think deeply about what is most important to us, about who is most important to us. This year, I'd like you to focus on the relationships in your lives, on the people you spend your time with, or the people who have taken hold of your heart or the people you don't even know yet, but wish you did. You know, that article I talked about earlier, I think it really does have some resonance for us this morning. Not the part about self-control and temptation and whether or not you need a strict religious authority to stay on the narrow path. I mean the part that's really about aligning our values about linking our commitments to what is most sacred in our lives. Those were my favorite comments in that long comments section, the ones where people of all religious traditions and those without a tradition, where all those people shared the ways that they found strength, the ways that they kept their commitments to the higher values in their lives. Of course, I especially liked the ones that cited Unitarian Universalism and ethical culture. Who doesn't want free publicity? But the truth is, people find all kinds of ways to honor what is most important in their lives, to keep those values in their hearts and minds. And that's really why I want to invite you to think today about relationships. Because although this community is a big tent and we might all have different practices, different journeys, we also share something central. We share our insistence in ethical culture on the value of human relationships. We base our ethics in that value, in our belief that each person has a precious, unalterable worth, and in our hope to live our lives honoring that worth in the people we meet. So in a moment, I will ask you to write on those cards. In just a moment, 
I'd like you to write down the people in your life with whom you want to connect or reconnect this year. It might be your sister or your neighbor. It might be whole groups of people. Maybe you are feeling drawn to reach out to people on the other side of the political divide from you. Maybe you are feeling drawn to reach out to those most keenly affected by the recession. It might be people right here in this congregation, people you've seen but haven't really met yet, people you've lost touch with over the years. It might be the person who sits across the bus from you every morning, reading her paper as you read yours. It might be you. Whoever it is, it is someone with great worth, with precious worth. And that relationship, your relationship with that person, with those people, that is of great worth too. So I want to invite you to pause and to be quiet, to imagine who belongs on that list. Who is calling for your attention, for your commitment this year? And when you're ready, write down their names. Now that you've written down some people to whom you want to make a commitment this year, We're going to use that second card or the back of the first one. I want to ask you to think about what you need to let go of so that you can really make that commitment. It might be that you need to let go of some of the busyness of your life, the little things that take up time but ultimately distract us from the heart of who we are. It might be that you need to let go of something deeper, deeper than busyness, deeper than distraction, an old hurt or a reluctance or a fear. What do you need to set free and send away to release so that you can say yes to the people on that card? What is keeping you from those relationships, from that commitment to our highest values? We're going to take a little more time, listen to a little more music, and write when you're ready. As we come together again, commitments on one side and ways to let go on the other. I want to invite you now to look around the room. To know, you can look around right now, look around the room. (laughs) To know that we have all made commitments today and to know that we need each other to fulfill them. These are your companions on the journey. Perhaps they are the very people whose names are written on your card. 
They are most certainly people who can help remind you of your values. People who understand our shared commitment to relationship, to individual worth, to coming together. That article in the New York Times, it missed something important, I think, as it talked about how religious people keep their commitments. It mentioned meditation and prayer, religious practices, the rules and the structure that religions might offer. But you know, I don't recall reading much about being with other people, about the community that religion creates, a community that holds us accountable, that sets us free, that walks with us through all the times in our lives. For me, it's that community that provides the reminder, that helps me keep my commitments in life, that helps me realize my dreams. Because within those commitments, within those names, on the first side of your card are the dreams of how you want to live your life this year. Whether you wrote down your own name and hold a, a dream to see yourself change or grow this year. Or whether you wrote down a friend and hold a dream to laugh more and remember together. Those names hold your dreams. Together, we can see them and make them true. Together, we can hold tight to what it is that we value above all else, to find the life and the world that we dream of somewhere. Friends, we have arrived. We are here in this new year. We have crossed the boundary of time into the next year with all its resolutions and plans and schedules ahead of us. Let us pause for just this moment before we move boldly onward. Let us pause to hear the breathing of those around us, to feel their presence in this room to know their presence in our lives. Let us pause to consider the trees, their branches stripped bare, their elegant architecture on display. Let us pause to feel the spirit of life and love that ties us to each other, that winds its way through our bones and settles in our hearts. Before we march forward, ready with our plans and our commitments, let us notice what it is that remains every year, what exists beyond schedules and months, beyond time. It is life, welcoming us in, asking us to dance. Whatever the year ahead will bring, 
Let us hear that welcome, that invitation, and let us say yes.